I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose, and today I'm speaking with somebody with a very powerful story. This is Peg, and Peg is a success story. And the reason she wrote to me is because she heard a recent podcast episode with Mary, who was interested in finding strategies to cut back on her nightly alcohol cons- consumption, but she didn't want to cut it out completely. That was that was not her goal. And that's actually a fantastic episode. I will link to it in the show notes if you want to if you want to hear it. But the reason Peg reached out was because she had gone through something similar and actually was very successful at it, even though her goals were pretty different. Uh, Peg used to drink every night, pretty much. She had a couple of glasses of wine every night. And for her, this felt like a lot. And now, many, many years later, she said almost 10 years later, she only drinks one and a half glasses of wine per week by choice. And that's cool. Like that's a it's a really cool thing to be able to do because cutting back on alcohol but not giving it up completely is just difficult. But I, I w- actually wasn't prepared for how powerful of a transformation Peg has, and it's really uh, just a beautiful thing to be able to hear her share it with us. So I'm I'm really happy to bring it to you today. Um, she is is a a Japanese concept called kaizen, which is making small very incremental, tiny steps toward a goal. And she, she started out just giving up one night of drinking per week and over years was able to get to where she is now. What's amazing is she, and I didn't know this before she came on the show. She also used the same exact strategy to overcome bulimia when she was younger, which is also incredibly difficult to break. Um, so hearing her talk about how she was able to find the personal, internal, deep motivation to overcome these two such difficult habits is truly remarkable. I mean, I mean, she's a, a, an outlier and, and listening to her stories is really, really cool. And what she really is, manages to do is tap into the deepest form of motivation, which is your identity, you know, who you want to be for yourself. And listening to how she was able to do that is really inspiring. And I hope you learn a lot from it. So listen to Peg's story and enjoy. Hey, Peg, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having this. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear your story. So you reached out to me uh, after hearing an episode that came out a couple weeks ago about a woman who called in for coaching and was interested in cutting back on her alcohol intake. And we, you know, she, she expressed to me at the time that it wasn't really impacting her life in a negative way that she could really notice, except for she thought maybe it had, it was one of the reasons that she was having trouble losing a few pounds. Mm-hmm. But the two of us, you know, we, we came up with some strategies for her and, and I've, 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 exchanged some emails with her after that and, and they've had they've had some success. But you reached out and said that you had actually done this in the past and had a lot of success cutting back on alcohol. And and I was actually really interested in your story as well because you said that you actually had noticed some negative effects of it in your life. And and I think it's it'll be a really interesting contrast because I know that I'm mean, not everybody uh has the same 
experience with mm. with alcohol and, and it's so common i mean especially in in big cities like I, I i live here in new york and people just drink like crazy here yeah and you know growing up and you know i went to i went to berkeley for college which is not a particularly crazy party school but a lot of people get in this habit of just drinking like like binge drinking, I guess, but, but even just like, it's sort of expected as like a normal thing. Mm. And it, it, as you get older and you realize you don't want to necessarily have these habits anymore, it can be very difficult to stop because it is an addictive substance. And mm. that makes it a very difficult thing to address both inside your own head and heart and also just physically dealing, dealing with getting out of the culture. So I'm really interested in hearing your story and how you were able to pare back and find your way. So why don't you start at the beginning? I think for me, uh, cutting back on alcohol, first of all, is a very slow process. It was more like a, a weaning over a year's time. And what woke me up was that, um, I'm on this, I've been on a quest for quite a while. Actually, my lifetime a spiritual quest but it um but it was always kind of um stunted by drinking and but it took me a long time to realize that i i just you know i wanted to drink can you be specific about what you mean so what do you like how is it stunting your spiritual growth um because when i drink i drink for or i drank for an effect i drank to not quite obliterate but at least alter reality and um, I was fuzzy and I was really great for, you know, for the 20 minutes of the high that I would get from wine, which I drank very quickly. And usually I would hope for the empty stomach. So I get the extra effect. And I was, you know, that's, it's a great feeling. You're lit up. You're really funny. You think you can dance. You think you're smart and all that. And I realized um, that effect was short lived and that what came after was, a kind of a death, a death spiritually. And often um, I would get angry too. So I'd, I'd have that little personality shift and that got, that was uglier and uglier. And it's in a relationship, it's difficult, even though in my relationship there was, you know, the, my partner drinks too. Actually he still does, but not nearly the amount, but that's another story. So um, I, I realized that alcohol was really stunting me that if I wanted to grow at all, I could not drink so much. Got it. When you said that you were trying to get an effect, can you, can you tell me what it would feel like sort of, you know, what, 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 in like, what was your internal trigger? Like, cause that sounds very abstract. Like, let's say you come home from work or like, what did it feel like? What, how did that go? First of all, I think just the, just the longing for it is part of the high. So what were you so what were you longing for? I was well physically longing for that glass of wine, longing for that little the personality shift that you initially get, which was that you feel really lighter, you feel enlightened, you feel smart, you feel So you just wanted to feel better than you were you just wanted a little buzz. I wanted a little buzz and uh, without ever considering that you know within an hour I was not going to feel good at all. And I was or I was just going to go to sleep. Okay. So I, I wanted to grow. And I, I think that's slowly how I brought myself out was that I realized I wasn't going to grow when I was drinking. And it's not who I wanted to be. And I, I think a really important question that one could ask oneself is, um, 
who do you want to think of yourself as? What kind of a person do you want to be? And I did not want to be a person who drank a lot that needed it, that needed to come home, that made it such a big part of her life. I just didn't want to be that person. I see. So you had like, so you had this habit that you noticed you'd come home, you'd, you'd feel like having a drink, you'd want a little buzz, you would do that. Yep. And at some point you recognized that this was a pattern and it wasn't a pattern that you wanted to be as part of your identity. No. And that's right. And I, I was thinking of myself of myself as someone who drank a lot and needed it. And there, I had a lot of shame around it. And I'm well acquainted with shame. I was a bulimic for a long time and got myself out of that 20 years ago. But still, that's it was a way of life and a way of thinking of myself. And I didn't want that anymore. And so there are layers of shame. And <laughs> And um, and so you kind of, as you go along, you learn, I learned how to slough them off and, and not want them, but you don't realize how deep it goes sometimes, Yeah, how cut off you can feel. And alcohol was cutting me off. So when it, when you're, t- when you mentioned the layers of shame, is this a, is this because it goes just back farther into your past and you realize that there's a lot of reasons you're doing what you're doing or is it, or is it a process of discovery along the way where you're like, oh, I, I, you at first think you're doing it for this reason, but then it turns out you're actually doing it for a different reason or something of that nature. Yeah. I think there's the short term effects of, you know, of waking up the next morning and feeling like crap and, or just feeling blurry. And then there's the overall layer of I drink and, and, and so there's the, I see, I see. So yeah. you have the, on the one hand, you feel like you're not your best day to day. And then on the other, yeah. And then on the other hand, you also feel like there's an identity crisis here. Yes. Yes. You you don't want to be this person. Exactly. And that's how I got out of being bulimic. And that's how I got out of drinking a lot. So I, I, it was an identity shift. That's amazing. Actually, that's, that's very difficult to face, I think. And then, and then it, then the taking it to the next step and actually being able to change it is really quite impressive. It took me time though, Daria, it, um, because I think I said in a letter to you that um, I did, you know, one night was ter- just taking one night off from alcohol was terrifying to me. I didn't know how I would fill that time. I didn't know who I would be. I didn't know how I was going to relate to Roger who was drinking. And I, it was, such a blank slate. It was really frightening to me. And when I did it the first night, I, I was ecstatic (laughs) and it was not hard. Once I decided not to drink, it was not hard. And then, yeah. And, um, and waking up the next day, I was incredibly pleased with myself. (laughs) And so then that, then I would do two nights and that was like, Oh my God, I'm not a drunk after all uh-huh. and three nights and four, but that it, again, it took me quite a while to work up to that. And as I said in my letter to you that, you know, I would backslide like sometimes in the summer we went away and that was a big um, party time. So I'd lose two weeks, you know, I would drink every night and then it was hard to get back, mm-hmm. but I, I did it. And um, I think the, the good feelings started to outweigh the bad feelings. And I, I started to prefer to be sober. Interesting. And I definitely prefer to be clean and wake up enthusiastic. When I drink, I lose enthusiasm for living. Hmm. When I drink, I don't relate to people. When I drink, I close down. 
I'm a nurse and a hospice nurse and um, going to work the next day after drinking started to feel really wrong to me that I was really shortchanging these people, that I was not present. I was not able to really listen to them on a deep level. I was not really present. I wasn't feeling well. I'm, you know, I was still fuzzy. I see. Yeah. So you had a lot of reasons Yes. that it sounds like, and it sounds like the, the way you're describing it, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you, after you realized you, you did it the first day and then you added a couple of days, and, and I know this took quite a bit of time. It sounds like almost like you recognize the benefits in retrospect. Yes. Um, in the sense that you almost didn't know they were there until you experienced them. Exactly. And then as they built upon themselves, as you, you know, pushed your, you know, so number of sober nights a week or whatever and, and extended it, you realized you got more and more benefits. And at some point it just, that started winning. Yes. The feeling of productivity won over the, that little high. That's really cool. Can we go back a little bit? I'm curious. Um, so it sounds like at some point you just made a decision to strike that to try that first night. I, I'm curious what was going what was going on in your head then. It was about probably ten years ago that, uh, that I had my first night. <laughs> Jesus, I'm just realizing that I can't remember. Except, oh yes, I do remember. I was at a stoplight and the light changed, and I got confused about what I should do. I couldn't, you know, I was in a little bit of a panic, like it's a green light, but I couldn't, I didn't, my foot didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I said, holy shit, I am in bad shape here. And I was scared. You know, I was so out of it, out of touch with the world that I realized I just, I had to do it. So you felt like it was because you were fuzzy from the night before? Yes, it was. Okay. And was this in the morning? Yes. Okay. And and you were like, this is not, this is not good. This is putting my myself and my safety yeah. in jeopardy. Yes, I was really, I was symptomatic. I'm like, oh God. And so was it that night that you decided not to drink? I, I'm pretty sure it was. Wow. Yes. Wow. But I, it, I was, that was brewing. You know, that one night sure. a week was brewing for quite a while, but I was too scared to do it. Sure. So you started out by taking one night a week off, right? Yes. And how long were you doing that, would you say? I probably did that for months, one night. And you'd then, just be like, this is my thing. If I can yeah. I'm do one night a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's something called Kaizen. Have you ever heard that term? It's small incremental changes where you just, you build, you know, you make 1% improvement and you just build on that and build on that. I love that. What's it, what's it called again? Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N. Is it Japanese? It's a Japanese word, yeah. Cool. Small incremental changes. I'm taking, have you ever heard of Kate Stillman? No. Well, she's an Ayurvedic practitioner and, and a yogi and all that jazz, but she's got a, she's got a habit change course um, called Body Thrive. And so the, the, the major, major component of changing your habits is what she called, is, is using Kaizen and making tiny changes that are not frightening. Cool. And you, you, yeah, and you just, you build on those tiny changes and you don't, you don't really set a goal. You, you schedule in a new habit. I love that. That's my language. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. Kate Stillman. It's at yogahealer.com just in case you're interested. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, and so, so you, f you started with one day and you were mm -hmm. super proud of yourself that you were able to do mm -hmm. it. And so you yes. were like, this is doable. I can do this. And so you just took one night a week off for 
yeah. several months. Yep. And not only was it doable, it was easy. Okay. It was not hard once I decided to do it. Was it like a specific night of the week or were you just like, no. tonight's the night? It wasn't Saturday. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, hear I don't remember. I don't remember what night it was. <laughs> well, here's an important thing. I still have a one and a half glass of wine on Saturday night, but none, but I don't desire it at all any other night anymore. Hmm. That's really cool. It's a huge change for me. That's really cool. So can you tell me, um, what, how did you know you were ready to add the second night? I wanted to feel even better. I wanted to see if I could do it. Mm -hmm. Just like, that's how I stopped um, bulimia too. I do. I did, you know, a few hours at a time first, and then a whole day was a miracle because I'd been at it for 20 years. So to change that habit, which I was, it was very, very easy for me to, to do all that stuff. And, uh, but to do the, to do the habit actually, but to actually take time off was eye opening for me. And then I, you know, I realized, Oh, I could do four hours. Oh, I can do six. Oh, I can do a whole day. And then I felt so good. And then same thing. It just built that built on itself. And then you're like, I, this feels good. Like I can do this. And then I did it for, I did it. I was, you know, I threw up once a week. I did that for a whole year. I couldn't give it up. <laughs> and then. Interesting. You know, I, yeah. Well, I was doing it constantly during the day and I got it down to once a week for, for a year, but it probably took me two years to stop throwing up completely, but I did once a week for a whole year and then I stopped. That's really impressive. Yeah. Wow. I know how hard that is to stop. Yeah. Um, it's really, really uh, difficult. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you have, you're like, you should write a book. You've got this like secret method uh, for breaking really difficult habits in a very <laughs> slow and non intense way that doesn't require um, all that, you know, cause it, it can be, there can, there's so much stigma and shame around, you know, like going to AA or, or something like okay. that. And they have such a strict way. And I'm, and I know it works for some people, but for a lot of people that all or nothing approach just is so off putting that mm. they'll delay doing anything. Yeah. Um, until it gets like really, really bad. And, and I, I like your approach uh, and, and, it, and it clearly works for you where you instead just do the almost the exact opposite, like the, the tiniest bit, little cutback, the tiniest yeah. little cutback and yeah. just being like, and like letting that empower you and letting that momentum drive you forward to more and more success. Yes. And it works. It really has. It's done miracles for me. So tell me about that. Tell me about the miracles. Oh, because I, when I look back at who I was, I'm shocked <laughs> and I'm so grateful. I feel like, I just feel so grateful that I've been able to um, pull myself out of a, a really, really dark place. And I didn't realize how dark it was and how under, how submerged I've been for so long. And I, I must've been terrified of it, but now I'm, you know, you, you start to come out and, um, you want more, but you don't want it all at once. You just want to take your time. <laughs> it's really admirable what you've done. And well, I'm curious. So it sounded like at the very beginning when you were drinking pretty much every night and you had these, the, you would, you would come home and you'd have this craving to, you made, you made it sound like you really just wanted to be in a different headspace. Like you mm -hmm. were craving the buzz itself. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause that's, that feels when like I, my husband and I drink 
pretty regularly still. Um, but we've gotten, we've cut back a lot. We've done a lot better in the last like, couple of years. But for us, one of the things that always was a, a trigger was just after so much tension during the day, we just wanted to relax. And so for us, what we needed to do was find another routine, like another way of relaxing because that need didn't go away. Yeah. Right. I mean, the alcohol and it was fine. Like we didn't, you know, I, 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 for the most part, woke up fine every day and it wasn't like a big issue, but I was like, you know, it's not the healthiest thing to do. And I, I know that. So I wanted to cut back and, and I was able to, but I had to find that thing that replaced it. Mm-hmm. So right. for you, what, how have you been able to deal with that evening thing when you come home from yeah. work? Oh yeah. That's, that's huge. So I became really, really interested in Ayurveda and I started reading a lot of um really not just Ayurveda, but spiritual things. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm insatiable to learn about that. And I, the, the people that I started reading were so inspiring and alcohol just didn't fit in. <laughs> Can you explain? Language. Can you explain to everyone what Ayurveda is? Ayurveda is um, it's a sister science of yoga. It's it hails from India and it's really about getting balanced through living in the rhythms of nature. And when we don't live in those rhythms, we get really unbalanced and it breeds disease. Like if you're not living um, in touch with the seasons or the day or your or or your age. And, and you're working against those patterns, it's going to affect you. So it's really about becoming very attuned to you, um, your your constitution and how you're feeling subtly and on, on a gross level too. So it's really about being becoming very aware of the fluctuations in you and in in, in the world. We're we're um, we're all comprised of the five elements of ether, air, fire, and water, and earth. And the, the big slogan is as without, so within. So everything that goes on in the, in the world and in the universe actually affects us on a cellular level. I got very involved with that and was inspired. And that's, that's what I do at night. <laughs> to get back to your question, I read and I listen to podcasts and I get enthralled with where I'm going with this. Cause I, I am a diet and lifestyle consultant with, with Ayurveda. And, uh, and I just, I'm kind of insatiable to learn. And that's what soaked it up. And I think Ayurveda has helped me learn how to eat again after many years of, of disorganization, <laughs> put it mildly. And so I've learned to eat dinner really early. And when I eat dinner really early, I don't want to drink. Hmm. So that is a, that's been absolutely miraculous for me to eat dinner early. How early? I like to eat by six. Okay. So that you, I have three hours before bedtime. Got it. So you have this like new routine where you, yeah. instead of getting your relief from coming home and eating late and and having some wine, you come home, eat right away, and then nurture. So instead of like, I can, I can totally see how uh, alcohol is not conducive to your Ayurveda practices. No. <laughs> um, and so I see so instead of sort of the numbing out, it's more of a going in and finding that natural peace, that inner peace and spending your energy there. And it does it have like a relaxing effect on you to learn. Um, one of my issues is, is that 
I read all day. Like I learn and read all day. That's like my job and write. And so one of the things was in the evenings, like I didn't want to read anymore. Yeah, I hear you. (laughs) Um, Although actually it's funny because now I, I, I do read. I just realized that I have to read fiction. Mm, yeah, like I, I can't read any more like <laughs> spiritual guides or any yeah. more like science or nutrition or psychology. I just need to turn that off for a bit. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, and Netflix is good. I got hooked on Doc Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Have I you seen that? Oh my God, I no, loved it. <laughs> I have minimal tolerance for television. <laughs> uh, that's, that's all I watched was that. So. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I find I found I just don't want to drink now at night. Now, now, now evenings are completely yummy to me and nourishing and uh, I love being home. And um, so I, I really like being sober. <laughs> I really, I prefer it. That's super cool. But you haven't given up completely. No, you're right. We, yeah, we can talk about that. And so I, I'm finding though, that I want less on Saturday night. And I don't want such, we used to get really bad. We always got takeout, greasy takeout on Saturday night. I don't want that anymore. And I don't want to, I don't want the same, well, maybe the same effect of alcohol, but on a very little, very slight level. And I don't want to wake up feeling crappy on Sunday. So that, you know, the repercussions are what helped me a lot too. It's interesting. I, one of my, one of my um, issues is that I really love I really love wine. Like I like the taste of wine. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, it's funny. It's like, that's what's been hardest for me. It's like, if I make a good dinner, which is usually because I'm a good cook, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm just like, or, or if I go out and we're at a restaurant that has really lovely food and I'm with friends and being social, it's hard not to drink. So one of the things I've, I've had to do is I've, I've become very selective over what I will drink. So I need very specific wines. A lot of wines I won't touch if, if they're not a, at a certain quality or, or a grape that doesn't agree with me. I just, I, I, I do go without, but for the most part of what I've learned to do is cut down to basically like you're saying, like one glass or two glasses, uh, which, which I can tolerate just fine. But also mainly a bigger thing has been, I, I drink really low alcohol wines and really low alcohol drinks in general, if I ever have anything. And that's been my like little secret because, (laughs) and then I drink it really slowly and I still get to have that experience, but it doesn't involve overdoing it almost, almost ever. Yeah. Yep. That sounds like a good system too. I I think another, I made a little rule for myself too. If I was going to drink, I had to sit down with food in front of me (laughs) instead of guzzling, standing at the counter. Really good rule. Yeah. (laughs) Really good rule. And I used to cook and drink because that was a huge trigger for me, cooking. You know, you just start slugging it down like, um, uh, what's her name? Julia Child, like the older one? Yes, Julia. Okay. okay. Julia. <laughs> so if I made little rules for myself, is, you know, I could still have it and not, you know, I don't, I want to still have that glass. So it feels so sane to me now. And it, I feel very, you know, I feel grown up now having it, you know, in an organized way. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. You like, you like developed a more mature relationship with alcohol. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I used to be a real brat. When I hear you talking, the number one thing that just keeps coming up over and over and over again is this issue of identity mm-hmm. and who you want to be and who, and even more than that, who you believe you are. Right. And it sounds like that, I mean, 
you know, I talk a lot on this show about, and, and on Summer Tomato as well, about the difference between external motivation and internal motivation. Mm. And external motivation is, you know, I shouldn't drink so much. What is What do other people think? And, you know, when that's it, yeah, you hide it. You still do that's it, right. but you hide it. Yeah, you'll get it. <laughs> um, but when it's an internally motivated, I mean, it sounds like you just made, you had this internal motivation, you hit a, a breaking point or like a, a an event that really made, brought it into focus for you. And you're like, oh, that's not the person I want to be. This is the person I want to be. And it sounds like, and then because of that, you were able to approach it in a way that was almost impossible to fail. You did it so slow and so manageable for yourself, you know, and, and, and everybody's going to be a little different in that regard, but you found your way yeah, and yeah. you just, owned it and you weren't discouraged by how long it took. And it was never about, I mean, yes, there, you, you, you mentioned there, there's shame involved, but it sounds like it was more about you being embarrassed of you. Yes. Not so much of what other people think. Cause honestly, when I listen, I'm like two drinks a night doesn't sound like a ton, but mm-hmm. it was having this impact in your life. So it wasn't about like what other people think it was about what you thought about yourself. And it sounds like that's the most powerful motivation at all. And, and my guess is why you've been able to do this so successfully. Yeah. You know, there also a big motivator for me was, um, I, these incredible people that I know, you know, these really strong, intelligent women who are aging really well and they're very productive and they don't drink. And, and I thought, I want to be like that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess that's a bit of an external motivator, but you know, I did not feel like a lovely woman and I wanted to I want to be a lovely woman as I age. I think it's the same. I think I think I think having an example of somebody who's been able to do it yeah. can just reinforce your own internal motivation. Yeah. Okay. Because you're it's the same. You're you're giving me the same argument, which is this is who I want to be. Okay. But that's cool. So you have the you had um, these other examples yeah. as well. So you knew it was possible. Yes. That's a good one. <laughs> I think that I think that that's actually a really big factor because if you think no matter how much you want something or how important you think it is, if you don't think it's possible, it's hard mm-hmm. to try. Yeah. But at times it felt impossible to stop either of those big symptoms, but. That's why you went slow. Yeah. It was doable. You made it doable. So, and that's really why I wanted to, to talk with you today because I want people to know it's doable because I have been in the, in the pits with both those symptoms and the, it was doable. It's really cool. Thank you. Well, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Did we miss anything? Spiritual growth was really my goal and being fair to the people around me and people I serve. And I want to serve and I can't do that when I drink a lot. And I, you know, I do believe in God and I do believe in serving. So I can't be a drinker and serve. (laughs) You weren't your best you. No. And you want, and that was really, really important to you. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the story. It's like it's it's funny. It's like nobody. I, I don't hear stuff like this very often. I, I either hear stories of, you know, either people don't talk about this stuff, mm. which is probably the most common thing, or you know, it's just completely sober. <laughs> there's yeah, rarely yeah. like there's rarely this. I'm a mature person. I want to be a certain way. I have this bad habit and I'm going to slowly systematically fix it in my life. And that's a thing. That's an option. Yeah. So cool. It was the only option for me. I couldn't do it for somebody else. Right. And I couldn't do someone else's plan. Right. I'm a rebel. 
<laughs> so. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And, 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 and that's another, I think that's another, that's a good point to end on is that, you know, keep in mind anyone listening that everybody needs something a little different. You know, you may have the same goals or completely different goals. I mean, the, the, the other podcast guest had completely different goals, <laughs> from you, oh. you know, and, um, and that's fine, you know, and, and like, I've talked about, this is something that I've dealt with too. And I've, I have different goals as well. So, you know, if, if someone's listening and trying to figure out how to solve a difficult problem, like a really difficult one, don't give up just because one way doesn't sound like it'll help you. There's right. just be open-minded and be willing to try different things. And, and, and if you can make it about something that like exactly what you said, like if you can make it about who you want to be and your identity and, and that like internal motivation, mm. you have a really good recipe for success. Well, Peg, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was easy to share it. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. All right. Take care. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.